Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Brad Swinart from White Glove. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started? All right. Um, just the, the old-fashioned American you know, story of right place, right time, where I, I knew one of the owners who's a financial advisor, and you know, I was looking for a change in my career. I was a sales manager at the time at 200 retail employees. And they were like, Hey, we need a sales manager for these 12 employees we have in the basement of our financial firm with this crazy little company called White Glove. And I just, I said, you know what, it's time for a change. Let's just do something different and join the team and haven't looked back. It's been an amazing ride. All right. So for our folks who might have been living under a rock, tell us a little (laughs) bit about White Glove and all of the different services you offer for financial advisors and insurance agents. Yeah, so White Glove, founded by a couple of financial advisors, they built a very successful practice doing seminars. And quite frankly, they hated it. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of risk. They made a lot of mistakes and they'd send out a mailer and nobody would show up. They really searched around for a partner in the marketing field where, hey, can somebody do all this for us? When they couldn't find it, they said, okay, let's create White Glove because that's the core values behind everything we do is that an advisor's best time is spent meeting new clients and talking to their existing clients and everything else they do takes away from that. So we came onto the scene in 2015 with a very simple business model that said, Hey, we're going to do all the work to plan your event. We're going to do all the marketing for your event and you won't pay us a dime until after. And you only pay us on the households that actually show up. We thought we were so good at it. We'd even guarantee they'd pick up a client. And really that took us all the way through 2019 and into the beginning of 2020, where we were doing, you know, eight to 900 in-person events all across the U.S. and Canada. Well, we were planning on doing 800 in, in March of last year, and instead we did zero, which was fine for our advisors. All their pocketbooks were protected, right? They didn't spend a dime on marketing, but it wasn't quite what we had in mind. But we knew very quickly that, um, advisors would still need solutions. They'd need to get in front of prospects at that time. And even today, there's a lot of questions out there on the consumer end of what the heck do I do? So we were pretty uniquely positioned in the industry to immediately pivot over to offering virtual solutions. So we started doing webinars where we still used our our marketing funnels to fill them. And then instead of a full team that booked venues and um, did that for a living, well, now we train them how to run web platforms and they ran all the webinars for advisors. They actually ran all the tech for them. And that allowed us to really take a breath and come out with a lot of new services as well. So social media nurturing, you know, we have a built-in CRM that attaches to all of our events and does a 50-day campaign after every single webinar or seminar for advisors, including phone calls. Um, and we even uh, dabble in podcasts now. So it's really our goal is to be that end-to-end solution where we'll find the prospect for you and we'll get them in front of you and we'll nurture them until they become a client that starts referring you more clients. That's, that's what white glove wants to do. That is an absolutely incredible 
business model, and obviously it's evolved over the years and through the pandemic, what do you think some of the biggest mistakes advisors made during the pandemic were? I think um, to no fault of their own, a lot of advisors just stood back too long. They said, hey, this is going to blow over. I'm going to get back to doing what I normally do. And I'm not going to invest in a virtual option because I don't think it's going to work. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake that was made in the industry is too many people just sat back. Um, I would say the second is that the industry was just flooded with all of these brand new marketing services that weren't tried, weren't true. And they were basically saying who can uh, provide the cheapest price tag. Advisors tried some of those and said, hey, this doesn't work. And then they immediately quit. Where if you think back, you know, your first seminar, you probably weren't great at that either. But also, if you buy the cheapest option, you're kind of getting what you pay for. And, and it was a tough time in the industry. I mean, there was, there was so much out there. There was so much noise. And most of those companies don't even exist anymore. So it was a very tough time when, you know, March rolled around. I think a lot of marketers felt very opportunistic and they, they went right after those advisors' pain points. So I think a lot of people got burned. And what are you seeing now as a larger and larger percentage of the population get vaccinated or get more comfortable with going out again? How are you seeing things go differently, you know, doing maybe it's a socially distant seminar? How are those changes happening? Yeah, and it's, it's more and more every day that areas open up, that's in-person events are coming back. I mean, we're probably tipping the scale right now at about 60-40 to in-person compared to webinars. Um, and one of the interesting trends in the industry right now is that pre-COVID, you know, there's a certain type of prospect and a certain type of advisor that might do a event at a lunch and learn or a dinner seminar. And there are those, all those negative plate liquor, you know, type connotations to that. And I would... If this was 2019, I would totally agree with advisors that didn't want to do that. And now it's almost like that's that's changed just a little bit in the consumer's mind. Because if you think about it, your ideal prospect may have not set foot in a library in 18 months, whereas they've probably been to a restaurant. They understand that it's clean. They understand the COVID policy. So interesting for us is we're starting to do probably equal amounts of educational settings as we are dinners and lunch and learns as well. Whereas before, I mean, that maybe made up 5% of our business. So that's an interesting trend. And I think that'll, you know, dissipate after a while that people be out and they'll be more comfortable in other settings. But right now we're definitely seeing um, more restaurants being opened and consumers, you know, not necessarily caring about the steak, but caring about that, hey, it's a clean place to go learn this information. That makes a lot of sense. What how has the media mix changed? How have the costs changed in terms of filling that room? Is it taking more direct mail or more Facebook ads now per person? How is that working? You know, it's interesting. It, it everyday battle and something that, that we obviously put on our shoulders here at White Glove because advisors are only paying per attended household. So all the marketing spend is on us. And it fluctuates daily and depending on the geographical territory as well as, you know, COVID in that area. And sometimes it works really, really well. Sometimes it, it doesn't. It's going to take more ad spend. Um, one of the things that, that we invested a lot in last year and that we're now using this year and is available to our advisors is what we call green zone technology. So essentially what we're doing is we're taking a, 
a geographical map. We're layering the population as long as well as financial data. We have a layer built in for COVID-related cases and, and how that's affecting it. And then we do marketing tests to determine efficacy of an event and ad spend. And we look into that prior to an advisor ever doing an event with us. So that's all available. All that data is available when you work with White Glove for us to actually look in and say, yes, you can do an event here or, hey, this isn't going to work. You know, this might work or that might work. And we'll point them in the right direction to have a successful event. That makes a lot of sense. What do you think with all the success you guys have achieved and the iterations you've had to go through, uh, what is your biggest challenge as a company, as White Glove now? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, for us, the first you know four or five years, the the challenge was to keep up with demand. I mean, it was we were running like crazy, you know, trying to to fill our events, plan our events, and and iterate and change and improve. This last year, we were really able to kind of take a step back, deconstruct a lot of our internal processes, and really build up a lot of efficiencies and check a lot of boxes of stuff that we just couldn't do before, like our post-event nurturing, our post-event phone calls that we do for advisors, pre-event appointment setting, one-on-one direct appointments. You know, there's a lot of services that we were able to enhance or come out within this last year. And really the biggest challenge for us is, you know, when we talk to an advisor, sure, they know who White Glove is, we're that seminar company. And we almost get dismissed if they're not interested or not willing to look at seminars just yet. Whereas we have spent 18 months building up solutions to check those boxes in your area. So that's, that's probably our biggest headwind is getting the word out that, hey, we do other stuff and we do it really, really well. What have you seen the difference in terms of on the advisor side in terms of conversion? So you had the, hey, it costs, you know, you would get X amount of attendees in the room pre-COVID and convert Y number of prospects into actual appointments. How did that change when you shifted to webinars? And how is that changing now, given that people are starting to come back to events? I would say it immediately, that immediate shift, um, very low conversions. We'd get advisors in front of the audience size stayed about the same, you know, whether they're logging on or going to a, an event. We were able to adjust our registration numbers to keep that audience size about the same. But conversions right off the bat were very low. And we had those advisors that, just didn't want to pause. They just jumped right in and they, and they tried and, and figured out a lot of best practices. You know, it went, it immediately went from a 90 minute seminar to a 45 minute webinar. And that was one of the first things we saw. Hey, after minute 46, these people are dropping off. They're not paying attention anymore. So we adapted to that. Um, there's also a lot of call to actions and tech enabled meeting opportunities that you can do during a webinar that we weren't doing originally. So once we started adding, adding that stuff in, and then you use a rebroadcast instead of live because all it does is take out the tech issues. You know, once you started adding that stuff in, I have tons of advisors now that say they've seen success, they've, they've proven this model and they don't want to go back to in-person because this is working very successfully. And if they can close business virtually, they have unlimited inventory. It's no longer, hey, I can only do so many mailers in my backyard before people stop showing up. It's let's just pick a different affluent city next week and somewhere in the U.S. and I'll talk to people from there. And one of our advisors, he ended up doing 115 webinars with us last year. He says he doesn't even know when we're having webinars until meetings just pop up on his appointments or on his on his calendar because he's got it that locked in and his his staff runs it and White Glove does all the work. He just shows up when he has appointments. 
So you're fine. So that presents an interesting opportunity now in that historically advisors sometimes got burnt out before COVID doing seminars that they were doing two a week and they were running all over town. Now, literally, I mean, most advisors are licensed not only in their state, but they might be licensed in other states as well because clients move. So theoretically, you have a further reach now, an expanded reach, whereas you might go you know, within a 20 mile radius, depending on the city you're in, where, hey, I'm willing to drive 15, 20 minutes to present the seminar, but now because it's virtual, theoretically, you could present hours away and reach markets you otherwise never would have tapped. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. They, the typical, this has to be in my backyard mentality when you're doing webinars can be completely, completely removed. And we can do both, right? We can do a webinar that's right around your office and get you those people that eventually will come into your office if you want to do it that way. Or like I said, we have advisors, once they get comfortable having those first appointments and meeting those prospects virtually, then they can prove that they can close business that way. Then the, anywhere in the U.S. that you want clients from, just flip on the switch and we'll tell you where the best areas to go are. We'll use that green zone technology and say, hey, this area is going to perform really well. There's a lot of estate planning, you know, consumer driven need right there. Why don't you come in there and teach them on that? And we can direct that advisor and make a whole marketing plan that's just, you know, they flip the switch and we do all the work. That makes a lot of sense. Your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do? I love connected dots. I'm a big believer in let's just throw a bunch of stuff on a page and see what makes sense. My day job is usually, you know, talking to FMOs and RIAs and and developing programs with them to, to help their advisors grow. And quite often that leads me to talk to individual advisors and just see what the heck is working right now and what, what White Glove can do to improve our services. And there's just such a ton of opportunity out there in the industry for advisors to grow if they have a reliable way to get in front of new prospects. And the consumer demand out there is astronomical. There are so many questions and concerns and Biden's new tax plan and how did COVID affect my retirement and all of these things that look at the housing market's crazy, right? The stock market's crazy. Everything is so volatile right now that people have a lot of questions. And to be able to connect those families with a trusted advisor, that to me is a, a wonderful opportunity to come to work and do that every day. That is a beautiful, empowering message for our advisors and IMOs um, and FMOs watching. Where is the best place for them to go to learn more and to connect with you on your various solutions? Yeah, so we keep it real easy, whiteglove.com. Come check out all our offerings there. And then I'm always open for conversations. You can stalk me on LinkedIn and, and hit me up. My contact information is readily available on there. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Brad Swinart of White Glove. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. That was great. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you or see you next time.